The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. Okay, Lisa, so we've got a really interesting guest here today. His name's Ryan, and uh, he's an AbbVie scholarship winner. Yes. And the filmmaker behind the, do- the short documentary called Gutsy. Yes, and he's helped me realize that uh, you are not a fan of Christmas. I'm not the biggest and, fan of Christmas. And no. you have uh, a bladder issue you're dealing <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, I just, I so have to So already like- I need to thank Ryan for all the learning <laughs> that you provided, finding out some things about you. I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of Christmas. I'm not a fan of Christmas in November. Ryan pointed this out. Today is the Santa Claus parade day. You have six weeks of Christmas now. Christmas is not against you. Christmas is your friend. Make it your friend and enjoy it. I'll try. Maybe I'll buy a Christmas tree this year. I think you just have to accept your fate. I know. There you go. This is it. Listen to Ryan. So Ryan, we're super excited to have you. You know, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk to us about your journey. Um, We just want to start with something that stood out the most, I think, for Lisa and I was um, you were diagnosed with Crohn's at the age of four and a half. That's, uh, that is officially for me the youngest I've ever met anyone who was diagnosed with Crohn's. And it, it, uh, I can relate to it because I first started having symptoms when I was nine. So can you give us a little bit uh, of your recollection of that time? Tell us what you remember, symptoms or, or anything particularly. Um, it's weird because when you're four and then suddenly, I'm 23 now, so you're trying to remember what's yeah. going on, um, you get weird re- memories. Like there's one time I remember, I think I talked about this in my documentary, um, I was trying to watch like an episode of Magic School Bus. Um, Great and show. Wonderful show. <laughs> Love um, Magic School Bus. Uh, yeah, so it was one of those things where I, I remember trying to watch it, oh, um, but I, I kept falling asleep and I never finished it. Um, I think it was that episode where they all turn into like raccoons and other things and they eat garbage. That's I have no idea what they were trying to teach you. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still don't know how it ends. We <laughs> won't spoil it for you. You're going to have to watch it now. And yeah, so it's like, there's a lot of weird memories like that. Um, I remember going to the hospital. So being exhausted was something that's yeah, to you. Yeah, lots of exhaustion. Um, not really understanding why, why I was tired um, or why I was feeling sick. Four and um, a half. My goodness, I can't even. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's like, like some of your earliest memories, period, right? Yeah, I would guess so, yeah. Do you yeah. remember a lot before that? Um, God, no, I think before that I was like probably not even born. So you point. just feel like yeah. you've been sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like I was born sick and now 20 years passed. Right. And who knows what happened in between. So you went to the hospital. Yeah. I, I went to Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that hospital. Uh, Mac Hospital is McMaster Hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where is it located? Um, Hamilton. So Hamilton. it's a part of the university. So they have the actual like McMaster University section and right. then they have um, Hamilton Health Sciences. And they have a huge kid section there. Hamilton, so Ham- McMaster actually does a lot for Crohn's and colitis. They're they're definitely pushing the envelope. They're a part of the the Mount Sinai team and IBD awareness and areas of excellence. And I, they're involved in the GEM study that we had talked about in previous episodes and mm-hmm. stuff. So with Ali, right? With Ali, exactly. Um, so. Now, just for those of you who are listening who are not familiar with Toronto, Hamilton is a bedroom community of 
Oh, they would be so mad if I said that. Uh, <laughs> it, Hamilton is a city to the west of Toronto by about 30 minutes by car. Maybe, maybe an hour with our ridiculous depends on how you drive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I would still con- I would still consider GTA though. I would still consider Definitely the GTA. greater Toronto yeah. area for sure. But it's funny. I would not have thought that there was a center, center there that that um, specialized in Crohn's and colitis. I would think that you would be going to Sick Kids Hospital. So what was the? Why did you wind up at McMaster? I think it was really just about which hospital I could actually get into. Um, mm. Because like close? Six, yeah. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Mississauga, which is still like a 45, 30 minute yeah, drive over to Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so either way, right. it wasn't like the most convenient hospital to go right. to. But I mean, no hospital is really convenient to go to. But they took care of you. Um, they did. It's a great team. Um, as soon as I turned 18, they made sure they introduced me to doctors they actually thought I would get along to. Um, along with personality-wise. Great. So are you still involved through McMaster Hospital then? Are you still... Yeah, so I still go there. So that's still who takes care of you. Yep. That's Um, really great. Yeah, I probably won't leave that team until I absolutely have to. Unless you move away. (laughs) Yeah, unless I move somewhere where I can't actually drive or like take a bus there. So we were chatting with your dad just before we started this interview and he had said that you um, you were hospitalized. Yep. which is when your diagnosis came. So you were ill, you went to Mac, they hospitalized you, you were diagnosed with Crohn's, and how long were you in there for? Um, I was in the hospital for a week. Um, obviously, as a four-year-old, everything feels so much longer than of it course. actually is, especially if you have to sit somewhere. You're just like, oh, why can't I leave? Can you imagine how long it was for his parents, too? Oh, oh yeah. Ooh, that must have been fun to deal with me at four. Uh, <laughs> ill and not feeling well. Yeah, I know there was one time we had to do the barium fluid test. Um, oh, I definitely made my dad drink a cup of that before I would. When you when you drink it fair. and then they watch it go through your yeah. system. I can't handle that stuff at all, man. Yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. That white chalk and it gets mm. on your lips and then your poop. If you don't drink a lot, your poop is like a rock. Yeah. For like 24 hours afterwards. Yeah. And it's white chalk. Yeah. I remember they had come up with a slightly less medieval version of it uh, the last time I had it. It was a strawberry uh, strawberry barium. Oh. I feel like strawberry is what I suggest. Strawberryum. Yeah, I feel like I like that pun. That was Thank good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> took me a minute, but yeah, I feel like they had a flavor for me. But either way, I was like, this this is disgusting. Oh, mine was yeah. not flavored. You can't call it this flavored. Like, yeah. Mine was not like, flavored. It was here. Drink this excessively large. I've never seen oh, a Oh, I know. They give large. you so much of it, too. Yeah, it's drink like... this very quickly because we need to, it needs to go down fast. And I'm just thinking, like, do you have a barf bag? Because I'm going to be sitting here doing. Both. I'm also not convinced you have to drink all of it. Like, who it's needs to true. drink that much? It's true. It's like it's this is the same size you give everybody. So mm-hmm. how do you know? Yeah. That I need this much too. So yeah. after your diagnosis, um, were you given medication as a child, or? Um, yeah, I was put on a bunch of different pills. Um, I know I was on Imuran, Sulfasalazine. Right. Bunch of other things. The with standard names that ones I, you that you can't pronounce. Right. Did you find that? Uh, were you having success immediately after going on something or did it take a did did you have to find which one worked um when i was first diagnosed i honestly can't remember um i do know i was on the same medication for a number of years and was it was working obviously it was working but okay. i started to get a lot of side effects so mm-hmm. for example i was getting a lot of headaches from the self salazine so i got rid of that um and was just on imuran and a couple other things 
Um, but once I hit high school, those just stopped working. What did you switch to then in high school? I eventually ended up on Remicade, which I'm still on now. Okay. But it probably took about a year, maybe a year and a half to actually get on something. So it was off actual medications for that long. So just unwell for the year then, I would, assume, yeah. I would assume, yeah. So um, I was very involved in high school when it came to drama and like theater. Um, but I actually had to drop out of some stuff that I was doing because I was so sick. Um, I just didn't have the energy. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and it, when you're in and out of the hospital trying different medications, you don't really know what's happening. So you don't really have a lot of that free time to do other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so like I tried Humira. I think I actually got sicker from that one. So it was oh, one me of the, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of people, granted, I'm not saying anything about, about Humira. I think it's a fluke that two of us are sitting here have had a bad experience. Yeah. There's many people who are managing their disease. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of people drug. who've talked to me and they're like, oh, have you tried this? This is great. And I was like, I did, but like, it didn't work for me. I just got a bruise on my arm. It, it is very happen, interesting how uh, individualized IBD is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. insane. So you had mentioned in your documentary as well that you feel Sometimes you haven't had the same Crohn's experiences as everyone else. And I was saying to you earlier that I think it's important to point out that it's important to point out the, the positives and that not everybody's journey with IBD is the same. And, you know, Lisa had said the same thing. Well, like my journey after Lisa's journey with surgery and stuff, you know, she's living well now, yeah. not medicated with Western medicine. So... I think it's important to note that, you know, of course, you've you've had your struggles. You've had your struggles. You've had your moments where medications have stopped working and we've all been there. You know, we've had to switch to a new one. But for the most part, do you feel like your childhood was managed well in terms of living with IBD? For the most part, yeah. I mean, I feel like I lived as normal of a childhood as I could have having Crohn's. Um, the only thing that's, like, kind of weird is, like, when you go out somewhere and you're mm -hmm. trying to explain to someone why you can't have something or like why you might feel sick um and they're just like but what is Crohn's like I've never heard of that <laughs> do you ever think like one day I'm just gonna get a tattoo on my back <laughs> that just explains what, what Crohn's is. is so I can just go just read this while I'm looking at the menu it's honestly just one of the main reasons I made that documentary we need just to like, carry just, around just here just come ask me questions after we need this. to <laughs> we need to like carry around info cards not business cards yeah info cards when you like say I have Crohn's pamphlet. disease what is this okay yeah. just here yeah. You even, I even get asked that in restaurants, you know, if you say, like, can you please make sure, like, you know, you order a burger or something or a sandwich, that the bread has no seeds, right? And the first thing they ask is, is it an allergy? And it's like, at first I'd be like, no, not really, and I was saying I have Crohn's, and, and Daryl now just answers for me before I have a chance to say anything. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's like an allergy. <laughs> because if yeah. you don't, the chefs come out and they're like, so can you explain? And we have this, you know, dressing that was made from seeds. Like, no, I just can't have the actual seed. Like, if it was chopped it's, and ground. It's hard. And My body won't digest yeah, it. It's, yeah, I've it's, given up on that, too. I'm just like, yep, definitely allergic. Don't put Please it don't me. put seeds on the plate, yeah. please. Like, you will kill me. I will sue. Yeah. It has um, led to some interesting experiences in restaurants, though, especially like sushi. If you tell them not to put sesame seeds and they're like, is it an allergy? And like, yeah, definitely allergic. Don't put it there. Um, and they'll come, like, running out of the kitchen if they accidentally yeah. give you something with sesame. Because, that, exactly, I've had the same, so like, bad. chefs come like, out, like, yeah, covered worked. in food, just dirty, like, excuse me, ma'am. And I'm like, whoa, it's okay. Like, just make sure there's no seeds. And then they get confused because they're like, but you're eating something with sesame oil. How are you not dead? Uh, that's right. They don't They don't understand. The, I know. It's, it's Restaurants are fun when you have crumbs. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, for a long we, time, I, I would just avoid eating out. 
I mean, yeah, you had mentioned that. I, before, I would just like... avoid eating out. I would always bring my own food everywhere, just because I didn't. I did not want to talk about difficult. it with people. I did not want to talk about it with people. And I, and to be perfectly honest, I felt embarrassed too. I mean, I felt embarrassed about the stigma of the bathroom disease You're and telling people you have a disease, and also even just that there was any special attention, attention that needed to be paid you. to me. You know, like. Yeah. Just like, I just want to be a normal person and not have any weird stuff going on. <laughs> just eat like everybody else. Not because I miss food or anything. I just don't want to stand out because of my diet. That's not why I want Yeah, I agree. attention. So we had t- we talked to Charlotte from Crohn's and Clays Canada on a previous episode. And um, she's, our, she's the youth engagement coordinator. And she mentioned the Abbey Scholarship, yeah. which is what brought us to you. Because you are uh, a winner of the Abbey Scholarship. Uh, 2015, we believe. So. Yes. so tell us about that. What is that? What did you do with it? Where has that brought you today? Cool. Um, yeah, so that scholarship was pretty amazing um, because I got it in my last year of university. Oh, right uh, when you need it, yeah, right? When your funds are failing. <laughs> yeah, when you're like, Ew, I don't actually have time to like make money for school, but I also need to go pay to for school? this and yeah. go to it. So this is uh, very convenient. Where did you um, go to school? I went to Ryerson in their film program. So you applied for the Abbey Scholarship online. And, yep. at, and you had been, you're a volunteer as same as myself with Crohn's and Clytus yeah. Canada, and you've been volunteering through university and stuff. Um, so they are obviously recognizing you as somebody who's living well with the disease and doing the best they can to raise awareness and, you know, share your journey, share your life, share your journey with IBD. So fantastic that you won that scholarship. I don't even, I don't even know if they had this when I was in university. And if they did, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so how I, did you find out about it? Um, I actually found out about it through volunteering. Um, so I was started off volunteering at like the Gutsy Walk back probably in 2008. What Gutsy Walk do you go to? Toronto? Um, I went to the one in Mississauga. Okay. Um, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Mills, Mills probably. Yeah. Um, and I go to the Toronto one sometimes just because that's where I'm living now. But yeah, I found out through people there about it. Um, I just from different volunteers, they were telling me about the scholarship. They said it was a great opportunity and that at the time when I was first applying, they're like, not a lot of people know about it. So mm. statistically, it's even better. But um, it's amazing because they have done a lot more promoting of it. So a and lot I think more now people it's, I think know it, about it. Yeah, I think it used to start at five. Like there was five recipients yeah. award and now it's up to 10. So they've doubled oh, it. That's so now great. they give 10 a year, 10 mm-hmm. scholarships a year. So it's AbbVie in partnership with Crohn's and Clytus Canada. Now, is it Ontario specific? Is it uh, Canada specific? So do they give them to you one person from every different province? or No, like, I don't think they have criteria random. with that. Um, I think it's just... This they award it and then that's it. So you went to Ryerson for film. Yes. You've graduated. I did. I graduated in 2016. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations you. at that. Uh, Graduating is a wonderful feeling. Oh yeah. And then you're like, so shit, great. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do adulting. And you're like, how do? Oh, oh no. I knew I was an adult in there when I had to meal prep for the first time like a month ago. I was like, oh, oh I don't know no. how I feel about this. Sundays. That's what Sundays are for. <laughs> I've grown to love my crock pot for that simple reason um so you know one of the biggest things the reason why you know we we found you was in partnership with Crohn's and Clytus Canada you created this documentary called Gutsy wonderful name by the way Mm -hmm. right yep we love everything guts yeah here 
Guts and Glory. Yeah. You know, and you have other you have other films. Like I've I've went I've looked at your website and you know Lisa and I've been on there, which is by the way www.ryannesbit.com. R Y A N E S B I T T. Two T's, one N. So we looked at those. Now, what brought you to um, choosing to make a documentary about living with Crohn's disease? Um, I think it's one of those things that it's obviously been a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it for the majority of my existence. Um, and it's something that I've kind of just learned to coexist with. Um, I've I just love accepted. that term, coexist. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You, yeah. it lives, you live. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, there's no sense being really negative about it because it's not going anywhere. Um, so you might as well learn how to live with your disease and how to make it work for you. So did you approach Crohn's and Colitis Canada about it? Did they approach you? Was it kind of like something that you had discussed and then it just flowered together? Um, I think I might have mentioned it at one of the events I was volunteering at to a couple of people and they were like, oh, this is a cool this idea. A good you idea. should bring it up to them. Um, but it's actually, I used that documentary as my pitch in my film school application. Oh. Um, so I already kind of had a basis yeah. of what I wanted to do with it. Um, so in my third year, I got to make a final documentary, um, and I pitched it to my class, and I got greenlit to make it. And then I realized it cost quite some money to make. <laughs> That's the so, adulting part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these great ideas, and you're like, oh, now I have to like... How do I do it's this? Yeah. Everything yeah. seems so awesome. And then you need a bank account yeah. that does not read red. Yeah. Um, and then I figured it would be a great opportunity to actually get to know some other people outside of the main volunteering group yeah. that I worked with. Branch um, And like reach out to Crohn's and Colitis, see if they'd be interested in partnering with me um, and see kind of what they were looking for in a documentary, what they wanted to actually get out within their voice. It's really great that they jumped on board, too. I think that's really fantastic of the organization to do that. I think it's fantastic that you were open enough to share your story as well with IBD. Um, Was this your first time being that open about having an illness, or do you think you've just always talked about having IBD? It's definitely, I think, the most open I've been in terms of a wide audience um, because I've been pretty open with close Close friends. friends. Like, I'm that type of person, like, if you don't know something, ask. Because right. the worst thing you can do is just assume. Like, I'm not going to be offended yeah. if you ask a question. I'm not going to be like, that's dumb. Why would what you do that? What a wonderful way to be, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you might yeah. as well just ask, guys. <laughs> it's yeah. the best way to educate yourself. Absolutely. Just, like, ask someone who's experiencing it firsthand. You know what's hard about questions for us, too, with having, you know, having IBD is that the questions are always probably associated with bathroom or, you know, something along those lines. And it's hard enough for some people to talk about bathroom, let alone ask somebody about their bathroom yeah. visits, you know? So I can, but I agree, I'm the same way. Like if you don't know something, you just need to ask. Ask me, don't ask Google. Yeah, that was yeah. another reason why I wanted to make the documentary was um, I was looking at a lot of research in terms of what was out there and it was either very educational, but kind of dull, mm-hmm. um, kind of like very, very doctor kind of sounding. Dense, right. I think is heavy. a big word it's, yeah. uh, because it is. You read something and which it's, is overwhelming. To it's be something that you understand on a gut level, literally. Yeah. But it's so clinical the way it comes. And like out. trying to retain yeah. that information with like the words they're using, the way they're like putting that information out there. Yeah. I just found it wasn't that helpful unless you had that basic knowledge. Yeah. Um, and then again, I noticed that everything was about the bathroom. Like 
yeah. every advertisement I saw was Which just annoys a bathroom. Me. And I'm just like, there, there's other aspects. Like, you're not telling anyone anything. Like, the bathroom for me is literally less than 10%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I were to look at my my disease, on a, like, 100%, these, how would I break up my disease management? Bathroom is less than 10%. Less. Yeah. Wait, like, it's not even... And for me, I'm one of those IBD kids who, like, I throw up a lot. Me over, too. Like, Which has affected my teeth. Yeah. And, like, huge issues. Yeah, I vomit a lot. I'm a big vomiter. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely, I wanted to create something that took what doctors were trying to say um, and make it more accessible for any age group or anyone who's new to learning about the disease. Um, and also kind of move away from just the bathroom talk. Obviously, that's an aspect of it, of but it's not the only aspect. I right. think it's so interesting that one of the things that you deal with in uh, your piece is the foods that you are sad that you can't have anymore, the things that mm-hmm. you miss. Like popcorn. You know? like, because that is, <laughs> especially, I, I related to that so much uh, as the kid who was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and you were diagnosed as a child too. I remember that. I've thought so much about that lately, like about the diets, the rotating diets that uh, my my parents used to put me on because they would come from the hospital because, I mean, I was diagnosed in the early 80s. They're still trying to come to terms with what Crohn's was. There's a lot more information available yeah. now. But they, I just remember it being like, and now you can't have this. And that's what stood out for me. And now I'm taking this away from you. Now I'm taking this away from you. So I did really appreciate that part of the film that just dealt with the things that I wish I could eat that I don't get to eat anymore. My favorite things. you mentioned too, I think it was important too that, you know, we are inundated, especially online, social media and stuff with the diet that's going to cure your Crohn's or your ulcerative colitis, right? Which is so ridiculous because I always want to say, great guys, you know, I've been living 11 years, you know, you've been living, Ryan, 20 years. You've been living how long now, Lisa? 150 years. (laughs) Yep. with IBD and you know living it's just like wow you know after 11 years and all I've been through almost dying all the medications all the side effects you're all I needed to do was just go on this diet and I'd be yeah, cured that's it. Like, oh my god all you had to do was cut out gluten that's, that's all you had to do yeah, yeah. this this one oil it's a magical oil. I just need to have this oil in so, my diet. So, you know, you had mentioned in your documentary, too, like, your diet changes, and so does mine, and we've talked about that, yeah. and you were just saying, like, you can't have this now, and you can't have this now. It's so it's so frustrating. One week, I can eat this food, and the next week, boom, I'm eating this food, and I'm vomiting, or I'm going to the bathroom, or I'm in excruciating pain, or I'm bleeding, or this, and it's, it's so annoying. I just want somebody once to tell the story about, though, how you know you can't have that food. But there's just one, like one or two times that you have it anyway. And you know you're going to pay. You set aside oh, the I time. You know you're going to pay. But you just, like, I, I just really want to have strawberries. And I, I want to feel normal for the half an hour that I'll feel while I'm eating them before they kick in and make me feel terrible. But for that half hour, I do that this with popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. We all do it. I mean, we all talk about the things we can't have, but then we secretly go away somewhere and eat them in just a little bit <laughs> like and pay for a little it mouse heavily. In the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Don't anyone see me being a hypocrite right now, but I have to have this. Oh, when somebody asks you, it. Oh my goodness, you're flaring right now. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not sure. I ate a bag of popcorn last night. <laughs> you know, I think that's really important. Now there was something in the documentary you had mentioned, like, you know, when we think when you think film. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, something I found fascinating, you're at Ryerson. You went to Ryerson. You graduated from Ryerson. 
when you thought about what your career would be before you started really, really suffering from Crohn's or, or thinking about how Crohn's would affect it, did you have a desire to move to the U.S. and um, get involved in the U.S. film industry and the entertainment industry? And where are you now with that? Because like when I think film, I think Hollywood. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and there's still a part of me that wants to, um, just because all the films that have stuck with me growing up um, and the films that I'm drawn to, a lot of studios that make that type of work right, is in the States. Yeah. Right. Especially because I, I actually work in the animation industry now. Right. Um, oh, and it's Are you an animator? Uh, no, I still I work in production. Um, and then I like to do some development stuff on my own. Um, so a lot of the type of work that I'm drawn to and like to make a lot of those companies are in the States. Yeah. Um, so like Leica, Pixar. Yeah. Um, Disney, of course, but who doesn't want to work for Disney? Um, so like, I would love to work for Disney. It'd be so fun. I could just yeah. be a princess. Wouldn't that be just amazing? <laughs> so yeah, there's still a part of me that's drawn there, um, but there's also a huge industry within Toronto. Of course, um, yes. Full of like wonderful city. people that I've met. Um, so it's like one of those things where it's like, I still want to, but it's also kind of fun being here. So you just, and just for clarification, yeah. uh, the the reason that we bring this up is because of the Remicade. Because yeah, it's so expensive. Uh, the medication that you're on, yeah. are you covered right now? Are you, um, do you have any uh, health coverage? So I'm very fortunate right now for the specific contract that I'm on. I have some coverage. So it's covering, your insurance is coming some of your drug. Yeah, so the insurance I have with work right now um, covers, I think, like, 70 percent that's good but there's like a special clause i think for like bigger drugs like remicade like i had to fill out a special exception for yeah, them. yeah yeah um but i also have trillium um, so right. you pay for it yeah yeah so you know of course you had mentioned the documentary and you know i moved away as well like you were back and forth from the states lisa and i moved to london england and post my diagnosis and it was it was a big question for me yeah. in terms of moving to a new place. Now, I was lucky moving to London, England, you know, be, I was working there, so I did have insurance. Like, their, their drug plan is way better than here in Canada. You know, we're the only country in the world that has a national health care plan, but we don't have, like, a drug plan. We don't right. have a national drug plan. Yeah. So it was really nice to be in England and have that comfort. But I can see where you were coming from about not wanting to move to the States considering that they don't have coverage. And this is going to cost tens of thousands of dollars a year. Not to mention your basic healthcare coverage. Absolutely. Because going to the doctor is expensive. Yeah, you like. So we're not we're not taking that on here in Canada. Which just makes us like, you know, you really have to stop and think about how lucky truly we are yeah. to be living in Canada. And for our American listeners, like it's, it's something we take for granted here. Yeah, there we are really no do. death panels, by the way, in case anyone out there is wondering, <laughs> has heard how, how terrible the Canadian healthcare system is. Three people in this room right now are would probably so not be alive were it not for the uh, Canadian healthcare Canadian healthcare coverage. Yeah. So, do you think Ryan that you'll maybe you know just before we end here, do you think you'll get to a point in your life where? you will feel comfortable enough to make that jump to the states if you need to oh definitely help? i'm one of those like people who have ridiculous plans and goals that are not probably realistic and i was like within like five years i want to be here and there it's <laughs> so, like i have a plan i don't know if it's ever going to happen or realistic mainly because but, of your health is that um, why 
No, I think it's just like one of those things where it's a tough industry. It's a, yeah, it's a tough it's industry. A tough industry. There's a lot of factors, but I think I definitely will. And I've talked to my doctors a bit about it. And it's weird because I made the documentary in my third year, and it came out this year. So like I've learned a lot between the initial filming and right. release. Um, and apparently there are ways to make it work. Um, they didn't really go in depth on how we could do it. They said we can talk when it becomes something that's like if that's a bit a, more of a reality that's going to happen. Right. Um, but as long as you set up the proper amount of time, you can find something to work. That's great. That's to know. really comforting. That's great for, you know, our listeners who are here. Yeah. It's super comforting to hear that. And, you know, I made it work. I lived in London, England for a year. Now, granted, you know, to be honest, I, I was teaching there and I did get ill near the end. Um, and, you know, I know I would have been taken care of there, but comfort as well. I was about six weeks, seven weeks away from coming back to moving back to Toronto. And um, I, I, I got very sick. And I think it was just one of those things. Like, I'm just going to go now. Yeah. So, I, you know, it was hard to leave my students and to leave, you know, a commitment that I had made. I, I think people with IBD or chronic illness in general, that's one of the things we, we I'm super, I hate when I have to cancel. Yeah. When I commit to something yeah. and then if I have to cancel for something out of, you know, I say out of my control, but Crohn's is out of my control. Yeah. But if I have to cancel for something that's not health related, I don't carry that guilt. But as soon as it's something to do with my health, that's when I feel the most guilty, which Isn't is the most strange? backwards thing. It should thing. be backwards. Yeah, yeah, it should be the other way. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like coming because I have to do the laundry today. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make me feel guilty. But having to cancel because I'm in too much pain or I'm in the hospital or, you know, I'm ill, I, I the guilt. Well, you know, yeah. I don't know if you can relate to this, uh, but we have talked a lot about um, normal people sick. Mm. Yeah, you know, like getting the flu, and like stuff, getting you know? a cold, like and kind of how awesome it is to just get a like cold. Food poisoning and normal stuff like people that. sick, mm. normal people sick. So yeah. maybe it sort of goes to that normal people sick thing. Where like I'm canceling because I want to do something else. Normal person wants to cancel, but when sick person count cancels, sick person is it's not, guilty. Yeah, it's guilty. It's guilt. Well, I find like there's also weakness. like different kinds of sick with IBD because there's a sick where you're like. I mean, I shouldn't go out, but, like, I'm not dying. Yeah, I and if you go. push yourself, but then you just suffer the next day. Don't have plans yeah. two days in a row. Just, like, Do as not. long as you are okay with not doing anything for the next week, like, go for it. Yeah. Um, but I find there's definitely lots of times when I'll still go out with friends, um, and it might be, like, I'm not going to drink right. because right. I'm not feeling great, but, like, I'll come have, like, a Pepsi or, like, a Coke. You'll be um, and still in hang the present. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we had talked about that, too, like... A lot of times, too, plans for if if I'm not comfortable going out, mm-hmm. it I'll just like bring the people to me. Yeah, You're like <laughs> yeah. hey guys, come you to me. You just come here instead. Yeah. <laughs> just put lie down pillows all around me. Come in your comfy clothes. I'm in my stretchy <laughs> pants because I'm swollen right now. So come on over. <laughs> I think, I think that's important. You know, Ryan, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Yeah. And kudos, congratulations again on your scholarship winner and your success. And I think the Gutsy documentary was, you know, it was a, it was brave. It takes a lot of courage yeah. to do what you did. And, and it was very entertaining there. as well. It was yeah, very it was. funny. It was very entertaining. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad, that, I'm glad it was. And it, yeah, you, know, you. you know you're doing something right when two people, we watched it. There, I, there was more than once that I was like, yes. Yes. Or like, and I rewind it to listen to a part of, yes. Like, thank goodness for that. Yeah. My, my favorite part is the, the gut, the showing of the gut and the animation. 
of the intestines and the stomach oh, on the gut. That, that was, was my favorite out. part. Yeah. Oh my God, I love this. this I is went great. back and forth on a lot of different things to do for that. And I was like, I'm just... I just ended up doing obviously what was in the documentary, but yeah. there was like three or four different versions that I had like sketched out and was like, ah. Yeah, just get your belly out, folks. Yeah. Just let it be out there. That's it. Yeah, it's the it's most true. awkward thing to film because you're just standing there lifting your shirt up for like two minutes. You just have to hold minutes. it too. Like, just Everyone have in the room is quiet. Yeah. Just staring at you and you're like, no. So again, so Ryan's website, www.ryannesbitt.com, R-Y-A-N-E-S-B-I-T-T. And uh, he goes by at Ryan Nesbitt on Instagram and Twitter as well. So check him out for the Gutsy documentary. Check him out if you uh, are looking for a filmmaker. Yes. Um, if you are in the United States right now, say you work at Pixar or, or Disney. Disney, and uh, you're looking for a very bright uh production guy with tons who, of film who experience and you have an awesome healthcare inclusive all-inclusive healthcare plan check Ryan this is out. your dude check him out he will not be stopped by any inflammatory bowel disease he just keeps on going that's it thank you again thanks Ryan, so much for, for having here. me strength and positive thoughts everyone guts and glory is produced by bang albino inc a full service creative agency 